Aaron Whitlow from the Mark Out Movie Podcast. Um, I'm here without Brandon today. Brandon is uh, off today, uh, has things to take care of at home. Uh, but I'm here today, and today's episode, I didn't couldn't really decide on what I wanted to do, do today. So I call this a mixed bag episode. I'm going to have a little bit of everything in this episode. So uh, we're going to have a um, conversation about the movie Horns. Um, I, I might talk briefly about the book that was the inspire inspiration for the movie, uh, from 2013. I'm going to talk a little bit about, uh, Joe Hill's other, uh, IP, which is, uh, Lock and King, uh, season one, which is on Netflix. I'm going to talk a little bit about that. And then, um, and then I'm also going to get into a little bit of, uh, what we do in the shadows. Uh, and, um, if we have time. I'm going to talk about Preacher, the series Preacher, which I'm also watching. So this is pretty much what I've been up to type episode. Once again, a mixed bag of different things. So uh, let's get ready. Starting with Horns. Uh, Horns is uh, a uh, movie uh, that stars the one and only Daniel Radcliffe. Uh, it is the... Uh, is based on a, a novel by Joe Hill, uh, which I listened to recently. Um, it's um, Here's the synopsis of it. Blamed for the murder of his girlfriend, a man, Daniel Radcliffe, awakes one morning to find he has grown a pair of horns. Armed now with a supernatural power, armed now with supernatural powers, he sets out to find the killer. So uh, that's pretty much the synopsis. This is going to be spoiler heavy uh for both the book and the film uh so the the book uh the guy's name is uh let me tell you who's in the movie real quick oh uh, let me tell you the ratings of the movie real quick all right so came out 2013 it's two hours and three minutes long uh, it's rated r it's got 6.5 out of 10 on imdb 41 percent on rotten tomatoes and 46 percent on metacritic but google always comes through with 86 percent they like this movie. Um, it doesn't have a dislike button, so I wonder what the ratio would be to that. But anyway, uh, let's talk about the um, cast of this film. So the cast of this movie uh, is uh, starring as uh, Ig Parrish is Daniel Radcliffe. Um, Lee Tourneau is Max uh, Minghella. Ming uh, Terry Parrish is Joe Anderson. Juno Temple is Marion Williams. And Kelly Garner is Glenna Shepard. And then um, James Ramar, who is uh, best known for the father of Dexter in the show Dexter. Uh, he's Derek Parrish. Um, Kathleen Quinlan is Lydia Parrish. And uh, Heather Graham is Veronica. And there's uh, a number of other people. That is uh, in this film. Um, the most uh, the most notable one would be. I'm trying to find a bloke. Uh, David Morse. As Dale Williams. But anyway. So in the film. Ick Parrish uh, is mourning the death of his. Uh, his uh, ex-girlfriend. Uh, his girlfriend. Who is. Um, Marin. Marin Williams. She was murdered, uh, brutally murdered, 
and raped and um and people believe that he did it and so he is like a proprietor uh, proprietor i've tried to use fancy words and i can't use them uh he is an outcast in his uh in his town and so people think, think ill of him of, of that he did this uh, horrible act and he can't let it down he can't let it down there's nothing he can do to shake this so um on the anniversary of her death he goes to uh the uh he goes to her the site of her murder uh angry and uh in the movie he's angry because the mob the uh the uh mourners can't gather there uh, uh, he doesn't know they don't know that he's there he's hiding in like a treehouse so mourners gather there at that spot in the woods where she died and um they're mourning and they're praying that uh that daniel or uh ig ig, ig parish um uh, igorus to be um pretty much held accountable for his actions of killing her and um when they leave he's angry and drunk and he starts peeing on uh this uh her uh memorial he, he starts peeing on the virgin mary there uh, uh the mother uh, madonna or something like that he starts peeing on all the artifacts that line up there, the shrine that they have for her there, and um, destroying it. And then uh, in the book, it starts right here with him waking up in the morning with horns. So in the, the difference between the book and the movie in this aspect is in the book, he and Glenna was actually dating, living together in the same house, been living together for quite a while. He was estranged from his parents, but he loved his parents, and his parents quote-unquote loved him so that's where it was but in this he has his own house apart from glenna and um and they just happen to be one night stand with each other that's that's the big difference with that relationship there um but anyway he wakes up in the morning and he uh he starts uh he realizes he has horns and uh glenna sees the horns and her response to the horns is to tell him his her deepest darkest sin and secrets and urges and desires that is sinful and so she to her she wants to eat all this box of donuts dayo donuts she wants to eat them because she's uh she feels like she gets fat and me and people stop wanting to have sex with her and she can just move away and be uh you know and he doesn't understand why she's saying this but she's asking him if it's okay for her to eat the donuts. And so he's like, yeah, go ahead, eat the donuts. So she eats the donuts and then she's like, my stomach hurts. It wasn't even all that good. You think I should have another? He's like, well, if your stomach hurts, why are you going to eat another donut? And so she's like, because I want to get fat. I want to get fat. I want to, in the book, I want to get fat so you'll leave me so I don't have to touch you because you make me sick uh, because of the, uh, you know, because uh, I know that I can never compared to Marin, you know, type of thing. This is like, you know, it's, it's different from this. Um, but anyway, he goes to the doctor to have him check out the horns. In the doctor's office, a mother confesses to having sex with a black guy, uh, but she calls him in the book, the N-word, and this, she calls him a jigaboo, which is not not any better. Um, and uh, the daughter is, this little girl is in the doctor's office causing a rampage, yelling, screaming. 
and uh and the mother tells ig uh, ig uh, that she just wish she can kick the little girl in the butt right in the butt and he, she asks if she can and and he's like no no it's weird don't do that and so everybody that comes up to him that interacts with him tells him his the deepest darkest secrets and so uh, except for one person it doesn't affect lee tourneau for some reason he's not affected by it he doesn't see it the horns it doesn't affect him at all the difference with Lee Tourneau in the movie and Lee Tourneau in the book is in the book, Lee Tourneau uh, had a cherry bomb that exploded in his face and blinded his eye. And so he's blind in one eye. It's, it's a glossy eye. Um, and uh, But in the in the movie, it exploded in his hand, which it kind of messes his hand up, but they don't really mention it. It looks like it didn't stop him at all. Um and in the movie, in the book, you find that Lee Tourneau is pretty much like a serial, like pretty much has deviant, uh, uh, psychopathic or sociopathic tendencies. The way that he treats his mother when she's ill, the way she, he treated a cat, the way he treats other things. He wants to see them dead. He wants virgins. He wants to make them bleed. Things like that. He's just a weird dude. You don't really get that in the movie. Uh, you you get that he you can see that he could be that, but you don't really see that. So it came out. So his character switch came out of left field. So um, I don't really want to go through the whole film or the whole book. Uh, I just want to cut it off right here. Um, you know, the endings for the both movie and the book, neither one of them are satisfactory to me. Neither one of them made me. Say, oh wow! I love that I spent my time listening, and investing into this, this book or this movie. Neither one of them made me feel that way. Both of them made me feel like I'm kind of wasting my time with these products or, or with these properties. So, um, I don't want to spoil the ending to you, uh, but yeah, just you can look at them on your own, or read it on your own, or listen to it on your own. But I'm going to go ahead and get into my ratings for this property. So, for Horns, Joe Hill's Horns, I give the book uh, 2.5 2. Uh, markouts. I give it like two markouts, two and a half markouts uh, out of five. And then um, for the movie, I give it, I give it a nudge it to maybe uh three three markouts both of them neither one of them are anything that i would ever own um neither one of them are anything that i would ever listen to or recommend anyone really listen to or watch um but if they were interesting but it just it wasn't really all that to me but they did try to keep things a lot like co connected in the book and the in the novel the novel and the movie but yeah Alright, so uh, next I'm going to get into my talk of uh, another story from Joe Hill, which is uh, Lock and Key. Lock and Key is a, a Netflix original series um, that stars, uh, let's see, well let me tell you a little bit about it. It has a it, it is it's following the father's murder. Three siblings move into a house filled with real reality bending keys from the comics by Joe Hill and Gabriel 
Rodriguez. Uh, it first aired February 7, 2020. Um, and it had 7.6 out of 10 on IMDb. Rotten Tomatoes gives it 71% and 95% like this TV show on, on Google. Um, now, uh, real, the stars of this film are as follows. Um, now I'm not giving any spoilers for this. I want people to watch it. So, uh, Nina Lark is played by Darby Stanchfield. Uh, Connor Jessup is played by Tyler Lock. I mean, Tyler Lock is played by Connor Jessup. Uh, Kenzie Lock is played by Amelia Jones. Bodie Lock is played by Jackson Robert Scott, who you might know as Georgie from, uh, from It. And he does a great job in this show. And I, and I love him in Prodigy. So I, I can't wait to see what he does in the show. Scott. Um, this played by, uh, Patrice Jones and, um, Dodge is played by, uh, Laisla de Olivier and then Javi is played by Kevin Alves. Uh, there's several other people in this film are in the show. Um, uh, most notably, I'm not seeing them. I'm not gonna spend a lot of time if I can't find them off the off the off the top. But I do want to bring him up if, if I do see him real quick. Cause he's a legendary actor and it was good to see him. Um I'm not seeing him. I'm not seeing him. But yeah, so the guy that plays uh Profet uh Doc uh Mr Ridgeway, 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 I think is his name, but uh, yeah, uh, anyway, Joe Ridgeway, uh, Stephen Williams, what is the picture that they use for him on IMDb, alright, yeah, that's okay, Stephen Williams, uh, you might know him from Jason Goes to Hell, unfortunately, Blues Brothers, X-Files, he's also an It, uh, as uh, Mike's, um, Granddad, I believe that's what their relationship was. He's he's been in a lot of other films. But anyway, Joe Hill's Lock and Key. All right, so this is a really interesting movie. Uh, the comp, the graphic novels are really good as well. Right now, I am on book five, I think. I want to say I'm on book five. Um, but yeah, it's really interesting stuff. The uh, the uh, characters they they really chose really good people to play the characters in these in the movie or in the TV show because they that's how I pictured them uh, if they would would have made a, a film version or a, a real a real version of them uh, which I think they look great man uh, I enjoy uh, Bodie is probably the one I like the most that kid man from it he's such a good kid. Uh, good, good little actor, man. Um, and but you know, even with the the graphic novel in the movie, there's places and things that people do that just anger you, just get you upset because you're like you're so stupid. You want to yell that at them, but <laughs> but you don't. Uh, man, I just really enjoyed it. Uh, uh there's some uh, cameos. Uh, look for Sam Ray, uh, uh Tom Savini. Uh making a cameo in this in this series 
is a is good man. It's a good good little show. Uh, it, I would I think you can watch the show without knowing the uh, the the graphic novels because they it, they try to make it its own thing. They they took like the way that the graphic novel show like say for instance the head key is different from what the show would show the head key. So yeah, it's uh it's really good, man. I recommend people watch it. Uh watch it for uh the cast. Uh it's a good little show and I can't wait to see what they do in season two. Uh I, I binged the whole thing, so I really enjoyed it. Recommendations, here we go. I give this show a four mark outside of five. I really enjoyed it. Uh, I think it can be something that can take the place of Stranger Things in the future when Stranger Things kind of fade away. So, uh, yeah, I mean, I'm anxious to see where it goes from here. So, that's the end of that review. Um, gonna take a quick break, and I'll be back to talk about what we do in the shadows. All right, Aaron Whitlow's back again with another. Uh, part of this mixed bag episode. Now we're going to get into a little bit of what we do in the shadows. Uh, it's a 2019 mockumentary. Um, it has 8.4 out of 10 on IMDb. 94% on Rotten Tomatoes. 96% of people like this TV show on Google. Based on the featured film of the same name from Jermaine Clement and Takiti, uh, Taco Atiti. Uh, what we what we do in the shadows is a documentary style look into the daily or rather nightly lives of four vampires who've lived together for hundreds of years in Staten Island, and after an unexpected visit from the Dark Lord and leader, the vampires are reminded of what they were initially tasked with upon their arrival to New York City over a century ago: total and complete domination of the New World. But what exactly is the best way to go about achieving said domination? A uh, verite of camera crew, uh, variety, is it variety of camera? I never see the word. Uh, it says verite, a verite of camera crew, crew, uh, camera crew follows along as the vampires set out to answer this query. First episode period, March 27th, 2019. Production locations, Toronto, Ontario, Canada. This is an FX Network show. Once again, Taika Waititi, Jermaine Clement, Tom Sharpling, and more are the showrunners and writers of this show. The cast of this show. Let me get to it, my friends. Uh, the cast of the show. Let's get to it. Drum roll as I get there. Okay. Cast of the show. I'm going to mention just the main ones. Nandor is played by Kevin Novak. Laszlo is played by Matt Berry. Naja is played by Natasha Dimitro. Uh, Guillermo is played by Harvey Gulen. And uh, Colin Robinson is played by Mark Prosk. All right. I'm not going to get into any of the other cast members of the show. I'm just going to get right into it. So what we do in the shadows. 
All right, so I see people on Facebook talking about what we do in the shadows. So I was like, you know what? I, I do want to see it. So I was like, I, I finished watching uh, whatever I was watching on Netflix at the time. Uh, and I was like, I, I need something to watch. I want to say is uh, Parks and Rec. I finished watching Parks and Rec. And uh, which me and Brandon is going to do a review once he finishes watching Parks and Rec. So I finished watching it and I was like, well, I want to watch something else. And I kind of wanted something that, that documentary style show again. Um, and so I didn't know that that's what was going to be with what, what we do in the shadow. So I just turned it on. And I was like, well, let me just go ahead and watch this show. And I was so pleased to find out that it was a documentary style show. Um, so the show starts off with Guillermo, uh, who is the, uh, uh, what do they call themselves? They are like, like servants, I forgot what they what they call themselves, but they're like servants uh, for vampires. So there's humans. They uh, a lot of vampires have humans that do their bidding. Essentially, are serve that that is the servant. Um, like so, because vampires sleep in, sleeping during the day, so they go out, clean the bodies, get rid of evidence, uh, do grocery shopping, uh, do chores, like. They're servants. They are. They are Igor. Uh, Igor. Uh, Igor. Not Igor. Igor. Or they are. Although Igor was not like a servant to a vampire. Igor was a servant to uh, Doctor Frankenstein. Uh, but uh, you get the same thing. Renfield. Renfield um, from uh, Dracula. Kind of like that. Uh, so this is what they are like. Uh, this is what he's like. But uh, the the documentary crew is following them around and um and they have uh interviews with the vampires and they catch different moments it's just really a good show man it's really funny uh some of the jokes uh are you know they have a lot of the vampire gags that uh you know you look for they made a even though it seems like it's outdated they they made a twilight reference and it was funny it actually hit and it was funny it kind of it was it was a good little joke uh, and had a good little payoff, and um, and so the vampires like so the oldest vampire in the house is uh, is a uh, Nandor. He's been he's almost like think of this vampire as if he was uh, Vlad the Impaler. He's essentially like Vlad the Impaler walking around in today's time day and time. Uh, uh, Vlad the Impaler, for those who don't know history was a uh was a leader uh in uh I don't want to say it's called Transylvania. It, it was at one point called something else. Uh he was the leader there and uh he was called the impaler cuz he would impale his victims. Uh, legend says he impaled his victims and uh dying while they flailed about on on the on the impaled you know on the sticks. Um he would behead people. He was he was very vicious, vicious guy. They said he drank the blood of his victims. But uh, they said that he, when he upon his death, he came back as Dracula. Matter of fact, he his nickname was Son of the Dragon, which is uh, literally what Dracula translates to. So he is the first vampire. So Nandor in here is kind of modeled after him. He's one of those type of vampires. Then you have Laszlo, who's one of those, uh, him and his uh, woman, his wife, Naja, 
uh, is they're like those Victorian vampires. Those are vampires that uh, seem uh, lived during the uh, days of Mozart and all that, and they're just very royal and proper, you know, and things like that. And uh, those are those type of vampires. But there's another vampire that's living in the house. His name is Colin Colin Robinson. Colin Robinson is what you call a... And you know some of these vampires. Don't play dumb with me. He is what you call a uh, energy vampire. You know those people that come around you, you can have so much energy, and they can just suck your energy right out of you. They just have a way of just draining you of your energy. Of no matter, like there's a there's there's energy vampires, there's emotional vampires. We all know these people. We know people in our lives. You might be married to some that is literally like this. You might be dating some that will suck your life force out of you because they are a vampire and they want to drain you for everything you have. You know you know these people. Don't play with me. Don't play with me today. You know you know these people. Collins is one of these people. Colin Robinson is one of these people. And uh, it's great. It's great. Great show. Um, so they have a, a call from the, oh, by the way, familiars is what they're called. The servants, familiars. They get a call or a note or uh, some type of, uh, some type of notification that Baron Afanas is coming. Played by Doug Jones. I will give you that one. Um, that, that he's coming into the uh, the visit to see what the progress is. So Baron is old vampire. He's like like not not human all the way human, but not all the way back. He's like that dude. You know, he's like one of those. And I love how this show plays with the different type of vampires that we've seen in movies and stuff like that. They, they play with all of them, man. It's so great. There's an episode that later on that you're going to mark out for, I guarantee you. You will mark out for this part. If you into pop cultures and vampires, you will mark out to this part. Hands down. So I'm not going to spoil that. But the show, man, is just such an interesting show. Uh, the camera crew, I, I was mad that the show was over when I was watching it. And I'm glad that it's coming back in April. I can't wait to see uh, the rest of it. Man, it's just it's just a good show, man. I, I just enjoy it. It's probably one of my favorite shows on TV right now. Um, I'm going to go ahead and give it my rating. I'm going to rate... This is also on Hulu. You can see it on Hulu. I'm going to give What We Do in the Shadows a five, point, uh, five points out of five on uh, the markout meter. So, yeah, it's going to get uh, five points for us. For me, it's good. I highly recommend the show. Uh, if you like vampires, if you like uh, things like The Office, if you like The Office, if you like uh, uh, Parks and Rec, things that have that documentary-style flow to it, you'll love this. And the comedy's good. It's, it's, it's you know, it's right amount of corny. But right amount of comedy, man. It's, it works. And so I'm giving it a five point out of the, on the market meter. Uh, yeah. So that's my review of what we do in the shadows. I'm going to go ahead and couple this with another show that I've watched. Uh, and then this is going to be the end of the podcast for today's episode. Um, I watched also 
Preacher on Hulu. Preacher is an AMC show. Um, fulfilling a promise to his deceased father, one-time outlaw Jesse Custer returns home to West Texas to take over his dad's church. Jesse's mission, however, becomes twisted when his body is overcome by a cryptic force that unleashes within him a highly unconventional power. Together with his hell-raising ex-girlfriend Tulip and an Irish vagabond Cassidy, the preacher in training embarks on a journey to find God in a world inhabited by holy, hellish, and everything in between characters. Uh, everything in between characters. <laughs> Darkly comedic Preacher is based on the Garth Ennis and Steve Dillon popular 1990s comic book franchise of the same name. Executive producers include Sam Catlin from Breaking Bad, Seth Rogen, and Evan Goldberg from Superbad and Neighbors. First aired 2016. And let's go to the ratings. 8.8 out of 10 on IMDb. 87% of uh, Rotten Tomato liked this show. Uh, 5.3 out of 10 love it on TV. Did I ever give the ratings for what we do in the shadow? I feel like I jumped into it. Uh, I'm trying to see if I gave that. I'm sorry to go back like that. I'm going to give it real quick, just in case I didn't. 8.4 out of 10 of IMDb, IMDb like what we did in the shadows. 94% of Rotten Tomato, use, uh, Rotten Tomato liked this show. And then 96% liked it uh, on Google. So just want to give it out there. Let me get back to Preacher. Uh, so it actually has, uh, what we do in the shadow has better ratings than preacher. And I can see why there's going to be reasons why. So, um, let me go ahead and get to my, uh, let me go ahead and get to the cast of the show. So Dominique Cooper plays Jesse Custer. Joseph Gilgan, Gilgan plays Cassidy, uh, Ruth Nega. Plays Tulip O'Hare. Ian Coletti plays Arseface or, or Eugene. Uh, Graham Mc, Mc, McTavish plays the Saint of Killers. And then there's other people that come in in other seasons. Uh, I'm not going to really bring them into it as of yet, but they will be a vital place part later on in the series. So, without spoilers, what can I give you about? preacher so back in 2000 uh, 99 2000 i read the comic a series a uh, buddy of mine let me borrow it at the movie theater and so um i uh, listened to it then uh or watched it then or read it then rather and so the way that they drew the characters is a lot different than whether they uh you know interpreted them for for uh television um the show has grown on me. I kind of like. I liked it at first. I did not like it, man. I just like. I don't know if I'm gonna even finish this show. Uh, I do love the action. The fight scenes in it is really good. Choreograph choreography is really good. Uh, some of the characters grows on you, and you you kind of like the characters. Um, but you could tell that this show was trying to be for AMC, their predecessor or their successor rather. 
to uh, Walking Dead. Because uh, Walking Dead is going to have to end sometime. Uh, so, you can tell that show was trying to be this. You know, it was a fun show, man, to, to kind of watch. It's a fun show to watch. I'm still watching it. Like, I think I'm on season four now. Um, uh, season three, drug for a little bit. Season one, it, it once he gets his power, it picks up. And it's a good little good little run at, at that point. Uh, season two uh, is okay. It's an okay. It's probably the best ep- best season thus far. Uh, season three, man, just it drug for so long. But you got to meet some really cool characters and see some other little subplots going on. Um, I don't know what season five is gonna do. The cast: Jesse Custer was really good. Uh, this uh, is uh, Dominic Cooper. He's good. Uh, Joseph Gilgan is good as Cassidy. Ruth Nega, she's good as Tulip O'Hare. You might know her also from uh, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. She played that lady in the flower dress or whatever in the dress. And I don't know. I, I remember just while watching the show, I'm like, oh, that's where I seen her from. Um, and uh, Ian Coletti is hard to look at. Arse face. You're going to have to understand why they call the man arse face. Arse is ass, so arse face. You know, you'll see why if you watch the show. Um, the show is interesting, but it's, um, but it has a lot of lore in it. You know, it has a lot of like, uh, you know, uh, stuff in it, but, but it does like every episode, every season kind of keeps you want to watch. So yeah, I just, I'm anxious to see where it goes from here. Uh, let me go ahead and give my ratings though. I'm going to give this show, uh, Three point, three point five markouts. Uh, three and a half markouts out of five. Three and a half markouts out of five. Um, yeah, it's a it's 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 a fun show. I'm enjoying it, but it's just it's not as good as uh, what we do in Shadows. Uh, it's not the same type of show. It has dark comedy, uh, which you know is very sac religious, man. If you watch this show. Uh, and you can't handle anyone talking negative about, and I'm and I'm a truly truly a Christian. I'm not saying that I'm a Christian. I am truly a Christian, uh, but I realized that uh, a secular world would never show a good portrayal of who Christ is and who God is, and so and uh, it's because they lack that knowledge of who He truly is. So there understand it even if it was supernatural you know shows like that they don't have a good understanding of who god is because they're coming from an aspect of not knowing who he is as agnostics uh without knowledge of who he is um so um so i don't i'm not too critical of that because i realize they don't know they honestly don't know uh but me knowing i know who he is and so i'm confident in who he is but yeah, so the show in itself was is okay. It's um, you know, it's I like to see where it goes, but you know, it is what it is, man. Um, but yeah, so that's gonna conclude the episode today. I wanted to talk briefly also about another show that my wife was watching on Netflix called uh uh Love is Blind. It's about like these people that go on a blind um date for so many days and at the end of the dates uh they gotta see if they're gonna propose to the people they've never met 
And then once they meet, see if that love still continues up until the wedding and if they continue to get married. It's a it's an episodic show that's on Netflix. Comes out every Thursday. Uh, I'm a dude. And I'm sitting here watching this show like, what's going to happen next? You know, I was getting giddy for it. So I just want to say that that show is good. Uh, I'm a grown man looking at a date show like, oh, oh, no, he didn't. Oh, no, she didn't. Yeah, that's real. But anyway, this concludes today's episode, this mixed bag episode of the Margot Movie Podcast. Next week, hopefully me and Brandon will be back. I'm sure Brandon will come at you sometime this week or weekend with a review somehow of something that he's seen or experienced. I'm thankful for him, my buddy, my ace, my dude. And then in the meantime and in between time, this is Aaron Whitlow. Thank you for marking out with us here on the Mark Out Movie Podcast.